2.0 with David Dean and Dave Ron. Hey, good morning, everyone. This is uh, Dr. Dave Ron with my buddy David Dean. David is uh, shirtless on the beach in the Dominican Republic for his last shot of sunrise, sun rays before he is uh, carted off to the airport. And uh, I just want you to know that. And uh, he's, he's wiping sweat off his brow even as we speak. Um, David, I uh, just thank you for, on behalf of Fresh Catch Nation, thank you just for making the time. I know it's a, it looks like a tremendous inconvenience for you, but I'm glad you're here. <laughs> well, you had me at Fresh Catch Nation. What a great phrase. Yeah. What if we could? What if we could get that like, going on social media? Bumper stickers, T-shirts. Uh, you know, Jimmy Buffett's got his parrot heads, and now we could have Fresh Catch Nation. That's kind of hard to say, though. It is. It is. It is. And maybe we should uh, let's invite listeners to give us a uh, an idea for a for an improvement. You know, what would we call our? You know, I want to be like the Deadheads, right? That's a that's a that's a great name. That's a tra- name that travels. What would uh, Fresh Catch yeah. 2.0 Nation be like? Yeah, I don't. I'm. I'm not. I'm not knocking. I mean, I just <sighs> fresh, <sighs> fresh catch family, fresh catch people, fresh. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not sure. My uh, and actually, I'm I'm struggling a little bit to speak to you in English. <laughs> Really? Wow. Wow. You you have almost yeah, I see what you what's happened. You're you're being assimilated into into that culture. You've been almost was it almost three weeks down there? Uh uh yeah, two, two today. And so Okay. Um I'm ready. Are you? Yeah. Yeah. I've done my I've done my work here. Um Everywhere I go, I share a a Dave Ronism, <laughs> and that's uh, to go to bed at night just spiritually exhausted, uh, and that's been happening. Nice. You know, you give a lot physically and mentally. Motion. I asked I asked Heather, the 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 missionary, my contact down here. I said, "Why do you think? Why do you think about eight o'clock at night? I am ready." To go to bed, which, by the way, seven o'clock at home. So yes, I'm a, I'm officially a senior citizen. Seven p.m. I'm ready for bed. She says it's a combination of the the heat, the energy that you put out, learning the different language, talking, giving, 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 and uh, I will tell you, your. Uh, your phrase has has rung true this past two weeks. It's it's a it's an emotional spiritual exhaustion for sure, and I wouldn't have it any other way. Sorry, sorry for rambling about my. Uh... <laughs> I, I on behalf of all of us, I uh, you know we're grateful to hear that you're really uh, as as Paul once wrote, being poured out like a drink offering. How about that? You're just empty. That's, yeah? that's a classic. Yeah, I, I, the metaphor I've been using is just like you, you, you come down to the lobby every morning with a wheelbarrow full of love, and at seven o'clock at night you push it back to the room. It's, it's empty, and you're like, let me just get a good night's sleep, and we'll try it again tomorrow. But uh, 
I wouldn't, I wouldn't be a great full-time missionary because like I said, this is two weeks. I just, I long for Wi-Fi that works. I long for a Texas roadhouse. I long for a movie theater, but those are very shallow statements. I know, but God bless the people who do this for years. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, I, I was struck by something. It was an unusual place. Uh, some of my reading the scripture this morning uh, was in Exodus, and I was reading, I've been reading about uh, this uh, this unbelievable master craftsman, Bezalel, who is uh, assigned to head up the team that, that, that designs all the furnishings for the tabernacle. And, it, you know, you go, okay, well, let's kind of slog my way through this portion of scripture, but I've been really feasting on it. And today was about him, just this section of him building the, the courtyard. And I thought, well, that's an interesting just phrase that he's built the courtyard. What is it he actually built? He built, he built boundaries. He, he designed curtains. That's all. Uh, and I got, I, I, I sat with the notion of boundaries, David, and maybe that's the takeaway. If you're a full-time missionary, if you're somebody who's going to step up to give out a lot more, you need the boundaries that allow you, even like Jesus did, you know, slipped off by himself into the wilderness to pray so that he could, he could, he could refuel. He could be ready to have the relentlessly long lines. Uh, so interesting. That's a great scripture. And it's an obscure story. I'm not sure I've ever heard before, but I kind of left my boundaries at home when I, when I got down here because there are so many Dominican kids and families I've made contact with over the years. And I, I mean, being approached by them from all forms of media, texting, whatever. And so I kind of push my boundaries aside and just say, I'm just, I'm going to go as far as I can and do as much as I can uh, while I'm here. Yeah. Um, but I, I, it's just not my, it's not my personality. I'm, I'm the guy with boundaries. Like I can do, I can do people for an hour, two hours, and then I got to go recharge somewhere in a, in a closet by myself a day. And uh, so this, this is really stretched. Well, so David, so there's one of two ways, maybe there's more, but there's two ways that come to mind that, you know, to sort of explain that one is, um, one is that the, the, the needs and your compassion for these particular people has made you just go, okay, I got, you know, forget my convenience. I've got to step into this. But the other is also, I want to celebrate with you. It also might just be you. That, that is, you're drawing nearer to the heart of God and acquiring more of the heart of God also. And uh, since, you're, since you're sort of naked from the, from the waist up, I can, I can literally see your heart pounding right now. I can't see that far, but uh, I wonder if that's what's going on. Well, as you recall, you and I have done some podcasts during our summer season where neither one of us were wearing a shirt. And um, there was times when we stumbled over our sentences. We could not complete the sentence because of what we were, were looking at. It's like, it's like what they say in Hollywood. As soon as there's nudity on the screen, you don't hear dialogue, right? <laughs> well, and I did not think of this when I thought of the word boundaries, but maybe that's what we're talking about here, that we, we need <laughs> 
Hey, you're about to get on a plane. Let me just warn you. I sent you, I sent you a link right as we, as we started. I have no, you haven't seen it yet. I know you haven't, but it's something <laughs> that my daughter sent me last night. We were talking about, I couldn't believe this. The New York Post in, in no, reported on an incident in, in December, and you're about to get on a plane. Now, this was Delta. The New York Post reported that, uh, that the Delta flight agents had to confront a lady who was carrying with her her hairless cat, her kitten, and, that, and she was breastfeeding the hairless kitten on the plane. I'm sorry, what? Yes, I, I'm I, sorry. I missed that. I missed that sentence. One more yeah, time, please. Yeah. Well, I hate saying it. She was breastfeeding her hairless kitten on the plane. Um, uh, I just all I'm saying is maybe that's what. Maybe it was a scripture that made me think of boundaries. Maybe it was that nauseating image that somebody up back in room row twelve seat C. Excuse me, the lady next to me. You know how how they've got those overhead buttons when you can call the flight attendant for assistance? Yeah. Um, Do you have a bottle? (laughs) Patches is hungry, and I don't have a bottle, so I'm I'm kind of forced to breastfeed. (laughs) Could we also have a a napkin and maybe some kibbles? (laughs) My mind is fried because of two weeks in sun and Spanish. And I'm having a little trouble wrapping my mind around what you just said. I don't know if it's fact fiction or or your daughter's just got a crazy sense of humor. That's, that's the weirdest story I've ever heard in my life. Well, I, that's exactly how I mean. I just that there everything about that, you know, the 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 taste of, of, of vomit in my mouth uh, immediately as she described that. Uh, and as she just referenced, I mean, she immediately went online and sent me the link. It's a New York Post article. Now, the New York Post is, is like the classic, ma- the rag magazine, the, t- the, the newspaper that's going to probably right next to it is something about your alien is your next door neighbor or something like that. Right. Right. (laughs) But I just, I was taken aback because you just so eloquently were talking about a story in the old Testament and judges, and and it went right from that to a woman breastfed her bald cat on the plane. And I, I, it just, it just caught me off guard. (laughs) Well, and and I like to think that that's really our DNA here at Fresh Catch. I think that we we don't mind zigzagging <laughs> around uh, improv, if you will. You know, be I ready. Think, uh, speaking of being spontaneous and, and just off the beat uh, topics, about the time I feel awful about myself and the way I look, and I know our listeners can't appreciate this, but let me just put the camera down onto. Mm. Europeans wearing speedos on the beach. <laughs> oh, no. I'm gonna at put. What point, at what point in their life <laughs> did a spouse say before they walked out the door, "I want you to know something. You look so good in that speedo. <laughs> we might need to get 
pair of American shorts to cover some. No, no, honey, don't worry about it. The Americans need to get used to what they're missing in Ukraine. <laughs> but there they are, <laughs> down there on, on the beach with all their Speedos and two PPDs. And they all look like they live at the Peabody Nursing Home. <laughs> uh, it, it's a it's a, a bit far away from my camera to pick it up, but I it looked like it looked like one of those European tourists was carrying a hairless cat. Is that possible? Actually, that's her wig. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe or maybe it's her armpit hair. They've not oh. shaved in twenty years. <laughs> Uh, I wonder if anybody's going to roll out their mat. And here's another thing that, again, I'm getting, uh, I'm getting uh, acquainted with my daughter's world. And she in introduced me to the notion of something called uh, goat yoga. And I wonder if somebody's going to roll out their mat on the beach <laughs> and just invite some of those random roaming goats of the DR to sort of frolic with them while they do yoga, which apparently is a real thing. Would would you and I ever consider leading a class and we call it the goat of goat yoga? Oh. The greatest of all time goat yoga. Would that be perfect? Yes, it would. Yes, it would. And, and can you enlighten me and our listeners, what exactly is the premise of, of goat yoga? I, I think it's when, when you do your stretching exercises, lo and behold, there are some lovely little goats Little kids, as they call them, kids who who frolic with you. They they kind of dance around you and maybe maybe jump on your back a bit, sort of like a uh, like you might get from an Oriental massage. So, so I mean, this is just this is a morning of crazy stories I've never heard. So you're actually there's there is something that. That does take people do yoga and little kid goats, actual animals, frolic around. Now, how does how does that improve your your posture, your body? Uh, it's it just improves the entire relaxation experience. Apparently, I mean, this is not, nothing to me, David. This is really offensive. I've been I, I spent you know years ago four months in Jamaica. One of the things, one of the images that endures in my mind is one that I'm sure is true for you. The goats just sort of run, run freely. It's just like they're everywhere in the streets. Um, curried goat was a was a food that that uh, was a delicacy of, of some sort. So goats are really kind of crucial and important in their way of life. And uh, here we are in first world country and go. I'm going to take some goats, and what will I do with them? Um, I'm going to put them into my my world of yoga. I need, I really need them. I mean, it's, it's the same category of, of question. I need my hairless cat. It, it won't latch on to me. I've got a problem here with my hairless cat. I mean, these are just. Last two topics you have brought up are completely first world yeah. issues. I, I can't imagine being in a developing, and you probably speak better at Patois than I do in Jamaica, but how do you, how do you tell your fellow Jamaicans on the mission field Oh, those, these are cute goats, but do you know what we use them for at, at home at the right. YMCA? Right. Yeah, we uh, there's 10 of us in a room, and we stretch, and then we let these, these goats just kind of wander, and we do our best not to step on hoofs. I know it. I know it. That's a, and Jamaican, I mean, it's, 
It's you're breaking. You're breaking up. Uh, how about this? That's why Wi-Fi is bad. How about this? When Dominicans ask what I do for a living, I'm afraid to say comedian. It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't translate. It well, I mean, this is no judgment on you, David, but I think I think being a comedian is probably a first world profession, don't you think? Spot on, Dave. I mean, I think people are funny in in third world. I just don't think you can make a living on that. No, and and I've been put on the spot twice this week and I, I i i i say i won't do it every time and i try and i just it falls flat but how do you tell how do you tell a, a day laborer here or somebody that's works in the church or a farmer and they work hours and hours what do you do for a living what well, I, I take a microphone for about an hour and talk to people yeah. it doesn't work i don't i don't like i'm not comfortable with it well, and yeah, and how often do you do it? You know, I mean, that's the rest of it. You're if you're a day laborer, you're you're pounding your ten to twelve hours a day, and and you're and well, that must be hard every hour to do what you're doing. Uh, I don't really do it every hour. I I, I arrange these gigs so that they're uh, you know maybe a couple times a week if I can. Right, and and what I may do from here on out is when I do a show. <clears throat> With the contract, send out a writer that says, "On the stage, I want three little goats." <laughs> On stage, tethered, tethered to the mic stand, and just let them, <laughs> let them, <laughs> and I'll tell jokes. We walk around them and amongst them, <laughs> because like a. Like somebody who's engaged in their yoga exercise, you need to feel good about yourself while you're working. You need you need that reassurance. I, these are these are my emotional support goats. That's who they are. They're, and chances are, maybe you could get them on the plane too. I, I would look like somebody from Guatemala. Can we help you with your, your overhead? Yeah, I've got. To. Two billy goats, and they're really angry. And one's got an ear conditioner. <laughs> oh my! Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. so if you were, I mean, goats are such a familiar sight in the DR and Jamaica and, and countries like that. That uh, if you were doing stand up in an open air environment, you might actually, hey. Good to have you all here, goats. You guys, good to have you guys here. Let's let's give it up for the goats. Let's make them feel welcome. Well, a lot of the videos where I've been recording and and I've been uploading to YouTube and send them to Betsy and on social media, and and you know this as as well as anybody in a developing country. In the background, you always hear this. There's some rooster, a rooster heckling. I'm trying to get a kid to, to tell his. His faith walk, you know, in Espanol and in the background. Not, that's a terrible rooster, but I mean, that's. No. I, that, <laughs> that's, that's another. It is another sound. It's, I mean, and that's what happens when you when you travel out of your country. All of a sudden you become acutely aware of of sounds and smells that are just different. And, yeah. and you're about to get do the reentry. Right. You're about to come back to the States and 
Dread it. Miss some of this easy, stuff. It's easy to it's easy to arrive into the mission field. It's the arrival back home. The re-entry process for me has always been. It's never gotten easier over the years. Uh, the pace, everything, just it's going to be. Yeah, the next two weeks will be awful. Yeah, and you know what? There are sometimes that you and I are offended, and we're offended because we feel, you know, we're puffed up and we feel entitled to something. And so somebody's in our way, they've offended us. Uh, but you're about to get into a, a re-entry process where the offense comes a little bit more righteously. Like, I'm offended that, that the, the country I live in keeps cruising along at a, at a certain level when I've just experienced something else. And unfortunately, it'll, it'll wear off. I mean, you know it. I would know it. It's not like that, that heightened sense of offense uh, stays with you all the time. But it, uh, it, it's kind of a righteous offense. It, it's, it's, and I think that the burden for all of us is to figure out, okay, what do you do with it? It's one thing just to be offended. It's another thing to actually act on it. You do that. I, you, you sponsor trips. You get people connected. You help, uh, you help raise the awareness, uh, brothers and sisters, who are yeah. following Jesus down, down in uh, the DR. Need our, need our prayers yeah. and support. I ran into a couple last night in the, in the lobby, and they just um, they they'd met us before, and just said, "Hey, we appreciate what you do down here." And I said, "Actually, it's not much in the grand scheme of things. What we're doing here in countries is not much. It's just maybe maybe one life at a time, maybe one child a trip. If you can somehow come alongside them, you're never going to." You're never going to change Haiti. You're never going to flip the economy here in the DR. But if you can assist a kid, child, an adult, um, tend to well, feel a little bit better about your. your well, and I, I know you've got to you've got to run off uh, because of, of the uh, you know sort of changing schedule for to get to the plane and stuff like that. So we're going to cut ourselves short. But that, there there was a post that you did. Uh, um, on Instagram that I've, that to me was a highlight post of your trip. And that was that you got a chance, you were invited to a large family gathering near the river. And man, I, I, I feasted on the pictures and I, and I think that that is in many ways, the best fruit of your experience that, that somehow in relationship, come, come join us. Uh, and you experienced hospitality from people who don't have nearly the means that you do. Um, and, and, uh, your heart's been tenderized. And, uh, so I, it's a mutual exchange. You, you give, but you also receive. And, and, uh, we thank everybody who's, uh, been invested in you just like you've been invested in them. It's an honor. Yeah. I can't wait to get back home and see my cat. We are fresh catch 2.0. And we will try to do better next time we're here.